This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, February 6, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Unemployment is down again, but that's not the only measure to examine if you want a clear picture of the movements of employment in the United States. Mark Calabria, director of the Cato Institute's Financial Regulation Studies, wades through some of the data. On their surface, the unemployment numbers actually look quite good. Uh, We saw an increase from December to January of a little less than 250,000, 243,000 to be exact, and a small decline in the unemployment rate. And even more positive side of that is the vast majority of these jobs were actually private sector jobs. So this wasn't some massive expansion of government, but actually uh, private payrolls, particularly professional services, but even things like construction posted gains. Now, uh, there was noted by many people this big jump in the number of Americans not in the workforce, not participating in the workforce. And, and this is an interesting uh, you know, facet of the data. Actually, what was found was that the number of persons not in the labor force increased by almost 1.3 million. But this is really an increase that is, to some extent, an artifact of the data. Uh, the primary data upon which the unemployment rate in the population is estimated is called the current population survey. We, we economists refer to it as the household survey. Now, this survey is... It's a survey. I mean, it's about 60,000 households. So, you know, they're not calling every single person in the country. They're calling 60,000 households and asking them, you know, did you work? How many hours did you work? And of course, because it is a survey, every couple of years, particularly every 10 years, it's benchmarked to the decennial census. And so January of this year was the first time in which this is going to be benchmarked to the decennial census. And so it's not as if the number of people in the labor force increased by 1.3 million from from December to January. It's that we discovered that the number was actually higher by that amount. So, you know, the Census Bureau, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they do not go back and revise the previous numbers. So to a very large extent, the simple fact is that December of 2011 numbers are simply not comparable in many ways to the January 2012 because of the difference in benchmarking. Now, there's also seasonal adjustments. Uh, I mean, for instance, and this is certainly obvious when you think about it, that the annual change in employment from December to January on average is larger than most recessions. You know, after Christmas, after the holiday season, tremendous amount of job loss. But, of course, that's factored into the numbers. Now, of course, that actually makes it look higher. I mean, if you look at the raw numbers, we actually lost jobs from December to January. But, again, because that's expected, the numbers are revised upwards to reflect that. But, again, those are averages. So those seasonal adjustments in any one year could be off as well. Uh, I think for those reasons, you really do need to take the January numbers with a with a massive grain of salt. One, because of the benchmarking, but two, because December to January always ends up with some sort of fuzziness because of the seasonal adjustments. And granted, the statisticians in the government, I actually think, do an honest job of trying to figure this out uh, and trying to account for this. And what we really need to look look at going forward is what are the changes going to be from January to February, from February to March going forward now that we have this new benchmarking? Uh, you know, it's certainly reasonable to think about why. I mean, for instance, uh, three-fourths of these found the people were actually women, for instance. So, you know, we, we suddenly lost a million women somewhere and we have, we have now found them now back in the labor force. Uh, and it was also predominantly an underestimate of those under age 55. So, again, it's certain segments of the population that were not accounted for properly in the past. A new benchmark has taken effect, as you mentioned, but the potential labor force, that is the unemployment rate 
combined with if you include people who've dropped out of the labor force has been high higher for two years and hasn't hasn't really budged that yes, much. And it's important to look at you know I mean, there, there are a lot of numbers you should look at it quite quite frankly and so yes looking at the overall employment rate is the first thing to start with but also looking at the population to employment ratio and looking at how many people are actually in the labor force is also important because we've seen in the past where the unemployment rate has declined not because people have found jobs, but because they've left the labor force. And you're only counted as unemployed if you're actively looking for a job. Once you give up, I mean, this term that we have discouraged worker, once you give up and you leave the labor force, you leave the unemployment rate numbers. Uh, and so that's an important factor as well. And that has remained stubbornly high, uh, you know, in terms of people who are left the labor force and who are not in the labor force. And, you know, some of the concern could be is once the economy starts to gather further strength, when it does, that many of these people will come back in the labor force and you'll continue to see a higher rate of unemployment because of that. Mark Calabria is director of the Cato Institute's Financial Regulation Studies. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.